plot. Rework avoidance theory, or RAT, is likely slowing your team down more than rework ever would. Let's talk a little about that today. Rework avoidance theory is a cluster of related ideas seeing a change as having a clear start point and end point and a straight and stable path between them. It draws its inspiration largely from logic based in relatively straightforward metaphors to the physical world. One metaphor is that of a foot race. The change is a well-marked track with one runner. It assumes one, linear cost of step regardless of size, two, stability and perfect knowledge of path and endpoints, and three, indifference to post-foot race consequences. A second metaphor is that of seeing a change as a finished product, built in standard parts by isolated individuals and assembled at the end. It makes similar assumptions to the foot race idea, but also assumes free cost of parallelism and high bonuses from specialization. Metaphors are just tools for reasoning, and, and these two have broad application to a number of different kinds of enterprise. They're not insane or stupid or malevolent. In fact, when their assumptions are met, they can produce excellent methods for change. The problem we encounter when we apply them to software development is that those basic premises, the assumptions, are not reliably valid. Necessarily, then, the consequences we draw from using them are also not reliably valid. One conclusion that occurs constantly is that our chosen method will be inefficient if it ever does the same thing twice. Now, that phrase, the same thing, can have several different and sometimes even conflicting senses. But RAT tends to take any notion of same thing and forbid it. The proviso, no same thing twice, has lots of variants. The three I want to talk about today are don't learn about this twice, don't code this twice, and don't talk about this twice. All three encourage us towards larger batch sizes and as such slow us down dramatically. The three of them are often intermingled, so I'll just pick an arbitrary case for each of them, even though my examples usually involve simultaneous application of all three in some proportion. Meeting culture, where teams spend hours a day in large meeting sessions, is based heavily in don't talk about this twice. The idea is that we can transmit information more efficiently by gathering a group and transmitting each element of that information just one time. This is the manufacturing model of Adam Smith. It's as if transmitting information was a workstation hammering out the heads of nails that will later put on the sharpened wires from the other workstation. This model requires a great deal of assumed standardization about the shape of the info, the nature of transmission itself, and the capacities of the individuals involved. Those assumptions are, to put it mildly, nonsense. Evolutionary development, at larger scale and at the micro scale of TDD, is a recurrent target of don't code this twice thinking. When we do TDD, we code this twice in two senses. First, the test code in some sense restates the shipping code, a kind of second coding of the same thing. Second, the tests develop the shipping code evolutionarily, meaning we'll rework that code multiple times as we add more tests. At larger scale, with evolutionary development, it's that second kind of twice that catches the eye. We change the same page or JSON or API or endpoint twice. The assumptions in place here are twofold. First, we assume a linear relationship between the size of a change and its difficulty. 
If step has any overhead whatsoever, but that assumption holds, then sure, taking one larger step would be better than taking three smaller ones. But linearity doesn't hold. In fact, the bigger the step, the bigger-er the effort of doing it effectively. This has to do largely with the strict human limitations on mental bandwidth and partly with the practical unpredictability of implicit interaction effects in code bases. The assumption that step size can be reliably linear correlated with step effort is false. It's false in foot races too, but that's another story. And because it's so often false, we can never use it in our reasoning uncritically. Secondly, we assume that the landscape between here and some change endpoint is stable, well-marked, and further, that the endpoint is the only source of value. But at the macro scale of evolutionary development in particular, this is, once again, not remotely the case. Not only does the target shift routinely in response to the vagaries of the market, but the shortest path to that target also shifts routinely by way of new technology, new technique, and new insight. And once again in this logic, we both overstate the cost of same thing twice and understate the considerable value provided by small steps inherently, above and beyond the value they derive from being part of getting to the endpoint. I'm tempted to blow past don't learn this twice. It has so much in common with the others, I'm not sure it's worth it. But I'm going to hang in, just try to do it as quickly as I can. Specialists get caught in this trap all the time. We need an A and a B. And you know A, and I know B. Therefore, the most efficient way for us to do the work is for you to do A and me B, then put our learning together at the end. In many respects, this is the ultimate case of the Smithian workstation idea. It is based on the belief, one, that the two workstations can be synced and controlled for free, and two, that learning is strictly instrumental to getting to the endpoint, a cost center with no other value. We can dispense with learning as instrumental and a cost center. To argue that cross-domain learning is invaluable is to argue against metaphor itself, which is literally the bridging of separate domains by concepts that have correlation to both of them. If you were against cross-domain metaphor, you wouldn't be coming at me with this foot race workstation idea in the first place. Is synchronization and control free? I'll tell you, I doubt it's free even in imaginary 19th century assembly lines, but it certainly isn't free for computers or for software development teams. Programmers in many threaded environments will assure you that sync plus control is staggeringly expensive. Any of them will speak of the times they've improved performance by single threading and the times they've created unfixable bugs by misreasoning about cross threads. Any of them will tell you that. Managers running teams larger than a dozen people spend much of their day staring at the corollary. Screen after screen of JIRA, meeting after meeting featuring JIRA, page after page of defining the meaning of JIRA. They often have it even worse than multi-threaded gigs. Rework avoidance theory is a conclusion based on remarkably unstable and unreliable premises and it is fed, in turn, into ever larger conclusions about how to work. It consistently adds costs to software development in the name of efficiency, and it does it at every level, in coding, in planning, in meeting, really every level. I often speak of micropayments in low-level technical work, but you know, the rat is not a set of micropayments. 
It's a huge, continuous penalty paid for by every part of most software organizations. It is almost certainly slowing your team more than the rework actually ever would. I'm Gpaw. Thanks for listening. Hey folks, the Change Harvest in Camarada, an informal gathering of change harvesters, is open. Come to gpawhill.org slash camarada and check it out. Join today. The first 50 yearly members get a personal consultation with me, Gpaw. Thanks.